Welcome to the Awake to Joy podcast. The advice and strategies contained here may not be suitable for your situation, and you should consult a professional where appropriate. Let's listen to today's program. Hey, Renee. Hi, Annette. Well, today I want to talk about two people in a situation, the caretaker or the person, the friend or the relative, you name it, and the victim of that person who's been sexually abused. So we're going to talk both sides of the coin there. Because of that, and we have so many sections we're doing in it, we'll probably break up this video into several sections. All right, so let's start. What can a person do for someone, let's say that you've just been sexually abused, sexually assaulted, anything in that realm? Okay, Renee? Okay. The biggest thing is to make sure that you're in a safe space. I don't want you to be reassaulted. I don't want you to have to go back into a home if you're a little girl and you just told me that you were abused in your home. I need to make sure that now that you're going to be in a safe place, that's real important. You as the caretaker. Me as the person who just found out. So yes. whether I'm a caretaker, friend, whatever it is in this situation, I need to make sure Oh, I don't want you hurt again. Right. I don't want any of that to happen. Yeah. The next is suggesting to you, I'm going to assume that I'm talking to somebody who's not a child at this time, because if it was a child, I would be talking to one of the parents, but otherwise I'll be talking to you, Renee, as the age you are right now and talk to you about what would you think about going in for medical attention? Mm. So we want to make sure that you're going to be in a safe space. Right. So I find out that you're telling me this, that you're in a space that abuse is happening in your home. That's yeah. just the situation we're going to talk right now. So yeah. I want to make sure that we keep you in a safe space. So that would mean you not returning to that home or things at home need to change right, right away. And what looked, what that looked like for me on a, an actual note was my mother taking not only me, but the rest of the siblings out of the home and making that report to the police. But what also the next step was, it wasn't just coming home after going to the police. It was now, how do we keep Renee safe? When the person tells you about abuse, making sure they're in a safe space, that could be in all different types of situations, whether you came to me and you were in college and this happened somewhere in the dorm or on campus. So all of those situations would be different. Very much but so. But yeah. the bottom line is, is that making sure that you're going to be in a safe place tonight, the next day going mm -hmm. forward, so that you could start in your healing process that you right. need. Yeah. And then from there, I would make the suggestion, what do you think, Renee, about going to the hospital? Yeah. And then my response would be, well, why? Well, so they can go ahead and do a medical exam. Yeah. When something like this happens, they like to make a report, but also they ask for a medical exam. And I could be with you while they do that. Yeah. The other reason why is because when you're sexually abused, sometimes sexual transmitted diseases can infect you. And so we want to protect you from that happening as well as being able to collect evidence so they could use that in court against the perpetrator. True. 
And then if the person who's being victimized says, but I don't want to do that <laughs> or, well, I don't want to press charges. That's, that's their decision. And I want to support you, Renee, in what decision you have made, because at this point we're making up this story, but I don't know if it's only been an hour, two hours, one day. We'll find that out as I'm listening to you. Tell me whatever you want to tell me. Right. But I'm not pressing you heavily for information as well as I'm not pressing you to go to the hospital and such. I would love for you to do that. That's, yeah. But that's not where I'm at. You have already had somebody take control of your life and you don't need that pressing on you so hard right now in this moment. Yeah. So I want but to give you that important. space. It is important. Um, if you were to say, no, no, thank you at this time, I just, no. And I said, I'd like to give you the national hotline for sexual abuse phone number so that you have that. So in case you feel like you want to talk to somebody that you don't know, so it's all anonymous, but you're able to call them and talk to them. Would you be open to me just giving you that phone number? That's yeah. a lot less threatening. Very, yeah. Like a step down. And when they talk with you, Odds are they're going to encourage you in different ways, but they're not going to, again, do that huge pressing. At least that's what they're not supposed to be doing is right. pressing you to the, but to hear it the second time from somebody else, you know, have you thought about going to the hospital? Yeah. Now they're backing up what I said and you're hearing it again. And maybe this time the seed might take a little bit depth in the soil. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And it's very, I think it's very important to have that repetition as well, because when you're a person that is traumatized, there's so many big monsters going on in the head that suggestions like that just sound like. Well, I've worked just, with somebody before after it had happened and they said, no, no, immediately about going to the hospital. I was like, yeah. that's okay. And then the next day when I saw them again, we sat down to talk and I said, have you thought any more about going to the hospital? And then they asked the question, well, why would I go and what would they do? Yeah. And then their answer was, no, I don't think so. I was like, okay. And so we continued on with the day and you know what? It kept staying in their head and the thought of having evidence to prove that it happened because they knew I believed, but they felt yeah. like nobody else was going to believe that this really nice person assaulted them because everybody really likes this really nice person. And so they brought it up again. What would you think? And I said, I think it would be a good idea. Yeah. I think that's incredible that you'd like to do something like that. How can I help right. you achieve that? That's excellent. That's excellent that she was willing <laughs> and excellent but, that you paced it at how many times you brought it up and when you brought it up too. It's like she didn't even recognize that I asked her the first time. Yeah, yeah. The second time I brought it up, well, why would I go? And these were honest, innocent questions. Why would I go? And then it was like, oh, that sounds invasive. No. Yeah. So um, like you said, she had a whirlwind going in her head. And though she was shaking her head yes and acting as though she heard questions and was responding, there was too much going on. Yeah, from the trauma like it, it's bouncing off and it's not it really bouncing off yes yeah and it's something that you're not 
I mean, folks that are listening to us, they're getting educated on what are proper steps, but most folks are not told what a proper step is or how to guide somebody through if they've just been assaulted or, you know, said that they've been abused. Most folks don't know how to walk somebody through it. And most folks don't even know how they're supposed to respond when it's done to them. I didn't know until you taught me what? Less than 10 years ago that there is actually a thing called you go to the hospital, you know, and you can get evidence collected. I didn't know that as a child. I didn't know. I didn't know that even as a teen. I thought it was always just police, you know, you go report it. But I didn't realize that you could actually report it with evidence by going to the police or going to the hospital and doing it that way. And even have the ability to change your mind. You know, you go just to collect the evidence for maybe in the future, if I decide to charge, you don't have to have the decision to charge right then and there, that person, that makes sense. There's just, there's that way. Well, I don't know if I have important. the proper way. I just know these are the ways that I've learned that have, that have been um, empathetic as well as just being able to walk the journey with somebody. Mm. All right. The next thing that I would do as the caretaker or somebody who had just been notified is checking on them emotionally. So I checked on their physical and I was trying to help them walk the journey with the physical, but I also want to help them emotionally. That can because be hard. Just, you know, imagine a terrible car accident. You're in shock. Well, they're in shock as well. The trauma is, you know, they're trying to deal with that. They're trying to deal with their feelings, short-term, long-term. But just as you had mentioned, when I brought up the hospital, the following day, the person acted like I never even mentioned it. Yeah. So emotionally, just gently checking to see for stability more than anything. Usually people who want to harm themselves or something like that usually happens a few days later or down the road quite a bit. That trauma like I mentioned, like a car accident, leaves a person sometimes so numb or stunned, like emotionless. Yeah, yeah. That not a lot is happening up there unless it's a repeat offense and they've had to process it before. So I know that's something with both you and I being sexually abused as a child, there were repeat offenses. And so- to me, in the beginning, trauma was big. Yeah. It left me stuttering and, and trying to figure out how to even put words together. Whereas years went on, the trauma, at least in my mind, became less. I was more functional. Those The dealing with the feelings and the stress of it all was huge. And if you were to ask me how I was doing, I would not be able to answer very well. Or I would just say, I'm fine. But you could see all over that I wasn't fine, but it was just a common thing that I'd learned to say was, I'm fine, I'm doing good. And we just adapted during that time as well, just adapted and functioned. Because we needed to it. survive. Absolutely. But to remember there... that short-term and long-term, and there's times that you're processing it, and other times when you're not processing it. So it's not like all day long, that's where the focus is constantly, constantly, constantly. It could be in chunks as you're going through the process. And sometimes you can snap out of that brain space and maybe be able to eat or be able to do something. 
but then the nightmare comes back and then psh, zoning happens again. But sometimes it's in the zone for quite a while, you know, and some folks are just almost in a frozen state. It's really knowing how to navigate with the right and the, the right kind of words to ask or the right kind of questions to ask, because there are folks in my life that I'll say, how are you? And I'll always get the, I'm fine. So you might have to be creative with the question in order to get the non-service answer. But even if you don't have the right question, just being there and being Huge. calm, don't Huge. you be in the trauma mode. Don't you be all over the place. Yes, sure. have empathy. And if you feel like crying when they're crying, it's okay to cry. Let your emotions be what they are. Yeah. I'm not saying hold those back, but it's the same as if I went into my granddaughter's bedroom, all worried and upset and she'll go, what's wrong, grandma? Notice how she was calm. And now all of a sudden, what, what's wrong, grandma? Right? Yeah. yeah. If you can come in calm, you'll help them come down to match the calm it's just a natural thing that as humans do. And if we can get them to start breathing at a, I obviously would start, I, for me, I've learned to breathe out loud and take deep breaths on purpose. Mm -hmm. While I'm talking to somebody who's really upset, trying to tell me something about mm -hmm. the abuse and I'm listening and taking breaths like, and then they start taking breaths and they start calming down as they're telling the story and mm -hmm. they just mirror it. And that becomes very effective. Now, if you were on the other side of that, Renee, how would have you reacted? How would I have reacted? Oh yeah. Somebody else being calm around me would help big time. But if somebody was helicopter, <laughs> you know, a little crazy and all that, but you know it, what? It makes more tenseness. It makes more stress. But if you were a mom and you just found out your daughter has been abused or whatever, that's kind of what a mom, they'd be upset, right? Yeah. yeah. I'd be like, well, let me throw something and let me add them. And yeah. And But that's not what the victim is needing at that moment. No, not at all. No. And it's, it's hard being on your side of the fence, being the one receiving the information and wanting to pulverize someone and wanting to be able to have your anger and all your emotions show it's like you have to put that lord help me put that in its place because right now i've got to be present i have to be it's present. it's not that you me. just shove it away and you never deal with it that's something you're going to have to deal with correct but right now outside right you're just trying to serve the victim at this time yeah. yes pick it outside and do something with that dirt whatever with that rock whatever you need to do to deal with it but not with them present while you're dealing with that anger and all of that yeah. They need the support and they need the, um, they need the support. They of need your, your focus. They need your focus. They need the support of your belief in them as well as believing that somehow you convey to them that wasn't your fault because they go, I was so stupid. I shouldn't have been there at that time or whatever it was yeah. that didn't force somebody because you were there at that time to do that to them. And they need to hear that from, especially an adult who could look at things realistically and go, no, yeah. that's not an excuse for somebody to do that to you. Yeah. And even if you're an adult victim, 
and you have someone else in the room, you want that validation as well. Like it oh, doesn't yes. matter your age, you want, you need that validation. You need somebody with a sound mind speaking truth, because at that time, the abuse not only created what it did physically, sexually, all that stuff, but it also, it starts feeding this lie, this layer of lies, this cloud of lies. And you need somebody to kind of knife right through it and say, no, that's not truth. That's not who you are. This is who you are. This is what the truth of it is. This is not your fault. You are still valuable because there's so much junk that is laid on us when we are abused. There's an oppression that comes immediately with it. Sure does. So we, we need those words of affirmation. The other thing I do with somebody I'm working with is give them back control. Mm -hmm. I don't care if it's the smallest thing. Renee, would you like some water? You're making a decision and I'm not going to force water on you. I don't go get the cup of water and say, here, here's some water. I actually ask you if you'd like some water. Mm. There's a big difference. I got to give you step, little steps of you realizing that you can make decisions Amen. and that you know what you want. And I'm not going to force something on you at that point. That, That's huge. That feeling of being back in control. The quicker we can do that, the better our conversations go going forward. That's true. It's true. I have a friend who I've mentioned this in another video. It's bringing tears to my eyes because I remember her being years into her healing from abuse and then discovering that she didn't know her identity, didn't know what she liked, what she didn't like, still feeling out of control and you just saying you can help a person find their control again by giving them simple decisions to make like the water, like what they like, what they don't like. That's so valuable that I can't even put it into words how valuable that is for someone to re-equip them with that. Because when a person is being abused and when they are being used in that way, they don't have control. Control is the last thing we it's not a luxury for us during that time frame. And then even when we're out of it, we still feel like we're a captive of it and mute and don't have a say, you know, so the person being that caretaker or that friend or whatever, um, supporting in that way and empowering is going to be valueless. It's going to be impactful. It's going to get them ahead faster. Um, I usually start it with, what's the next step you'd like to do? Sometimes with people, when I do that, they'll go, I think I want to call. And they have a person they want to call, whether it's a mom, dad, aunt, yeah. whatever it is, they, they want to talk to that person or whatever it is. Um, sometimes mm -hmm. it's, I think I just want to lay down and shut my eyes for a while. Yeah. Whatever it is, but they're taking the control. Yeah. They're taking control. Um, I I had somebody say, "I want to, I want, I want to pray, but I have no words. Would you pray with me?" Amen. Um. Whatever it is, I try to make that happen. Whatever they say that next step is, yeah. because I want to be there and give them full support 
And I want to also, um, as we're going through the process, let them decide if they go, I don't know what step to take next. I'll go, have you ever thought of telling someone else? You were so brave. And you told me that was amazing. Right. You are such a survivor. Is there somebody else you yeah. think who should know? And that gives them a chance. Remember, they might still have mush mind, like you mentioned. Yeah. But at that point right there, they might open up to. And again, I will bring that question back up the next time I'm with them or later on during the day, whatever it is, because this can't become a secret. No. Now, no. is it for the whole world to know? No. You and I have gone public. That's different. We've chosen that route. We have our reasons for that, but not everybody who's been sexually abused needs to go public with it. Right. But I don't want them harboring this sore and this wound to keeping it so tight and then it becoming so infected and just mentally really eroding their health. I agree. I agree. I like how you, similar to, would you like to go to the hospital? How you're peppering in the who else would you like to share this with and you're doing it gently the more they can imagine getting it out even putting words to it because in the beginning the words just don't come no for a lot of people um they didn't for me i know for sure it's fragmented yeah it's fragmented very good the better they become at telling their story as well as Somehow, I can't explain it, it takes the sting off. Yeah. 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 There's a freedom that starts developing. And then they start believing those things that we're telling them that they're being so brave, that this is part of being a good survivor, that you know, all those little things that are in there. True. And it also takes them out of the denial. Right. Because some of us can be in a fantasy land in our minds of this didn't, it didn't really happen. This was, this must've been just a dream. Maybe it wasn't so big, you know? Yeah. That's a fallback for plenty, plenty of people. That's a fallback, especially if it's a reoccurring type situation. Right. Yeah. The questioning isn't, um, it, it lays, what's the word? It shuts down that questioning. It shuts down the the non-validation I don't know the right word for it but it's putting value on it did happen <laughs> and yeah. the details as well it the happens. repetition the being able to tell other people does not only bring that healing but it does bring a solidify it solidifies that really did happen instead of me just oh, having no. bad dreams about it Exactly. Or maybe I just exaggerated on this part of it, or, you know, you question that it really did happen. No, it solidifies the truth of the facts. Right. It was a very traumatic experience. It's the same with a car crash. A lot of times people don't remember so much of the car yeah. crash, right? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. It's an issue there. Um, like I had said, being patient with them is the biggest part for all those things I've just mentioned could be done within five minutes without a heart. 
<laughs> True. Yeah. All those questions or thoughts or those steps that I had just talked about, but that could actually take a couple of days to work into getting to those places. Um, there's going to be times where you're going to be able to step forward quite a bit with them. And at other times, it seems like you're stepping backwards. It's okay to step backwards with them. Be patient, listen, find out. Maybe it's because they're having doubts that what really did happen happened. Yeah. Yeah. But if you don't listen, you won't, you just don't say no, 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 no. Let him talk. Yeah. And him express what's going on, even though it's this ugly coming out of their mouth or whatever it is and get support for yourself as you're supporting the victim. Because I 100% agree. Yes. Whether you've been abused or not and Usually people are not dealing with this every day. No. So it's a lot to listen to and it's hard, especially the more empathetic you are to be with a person who is in this mode and you see them hurting so bad. You're hurting just yeah. as bad for them. You're crying the tears along with them. Your heart hurts. Your for heart them. hurts. And so to make sure that you're getting the support that you need as well. Yeah. And what that looks like, I would say, I'll add to it. What that looks like is you're having people pray. You know, when you get a moment, you're you're doing that text to your peeps. <laughs> like, I need coverage. I need prayer coverage. I need your prayers. And then when you have that free time, even calling that that a prayer partner, you don't have to go into details. You don't even have to say who that person is. You know, if it's supposed to be a confidential situation, but you can just say, these are some hard things that I'm walking through with this person. Prayers that they can walk through the steps in their timing, but also prayer for me just so that I can keep releasing it to the Lord. That's what I had to learn at the very beginning as the support person was how to take it off my shoulders and not carry it like it's the globe and put it back onto Jesus so that I could then carry the next conversation, pass it on to Jesus. I had to learn that, the passing on to Jesus and repetitively passing it to Jesus so the load wasn't so weighty. Yeah, because it's, it's weighty, all right. It is. Knowing someone is just at the beginning of their journey yeah. through the valley mm -hmm. is a toughie. And when you're somebody that loves to fix things, at least for me at the very beginning, it was, oh, I just love to fix, you know, and I just want to solve and I want to get people from the ugly to the good and to the healing. I had to learn that patience piece. My personality, I'll say at the beginning had to be honed a little bit because that D personality of me came out of, I want to accomplish. I've got these, these are the steps they need to get through. And the faster we get through it, the faster all these other things could happen. And I had to learn um, those things should not be on a time time crunch, uh, right. time pressure. I had to learn that it was in God's time and their pace. I still had to be present and help move it along, but in a gentle way, if that makes sense. I right, couldn't be forced. Because they're not going to get over it next week. No, no. It might've happened within seconds. It might've happened within minutes, but it's a lifetime journey of walking through the healing of it. Yes. 
And that's a process. And all you can do is be there for the time that you are and offer that love, offer that calm, offer that ear and the empathy to hug and cry with them or give them the space that they need or find them that place that might be able to help them and make it a suggestion. Well, this will be the end of part one and we will pick up for part two. Coming soon. You have been listening to the Awake to Joy podcast. Views expressed in this podcast are the speaker's opinions. Thank you for listening. If you could please give us a review below, we would appreciate it greatly, as well as share this podcast with your family and friends. If you would like to get in contact with us, we'd love to hear from you. Check the show descriptions for more information. Under no circumstances shall Awake to Joy, its employees, volunteers, guests, or officers be liable for any direct or indirect losses or damages arising out of comments made. We look forward to chatting with you again. Because he lives, it changes everything.